Hey folks, I'm Jason. And I'm Eric. I teach people how to raise livestock on the land. And I teach people the Bible. I play a little banjo. And I play bass. I'm a passionate bow hunter. And I'm a die-hard Badgers fan. Together we're just two common folk trying to pursue Jesus. And live out our faith beyond Sunday's sermon. Well, I got all the TP picked up. <laughs> That's good. I still am surprised that you got hit. It doesn't. You don't seem like you would be a big target to get hit twice. Twice? We got hit four times. Oh, that is worse than I thought. Yeah, twice in one night. And it's, you would think, like, that would normally be, like, teachers or principals that would get that. No, it, nobody is off limits, I um, guess, is what I've learned during homecoming week. Well, then I better lay low. I better <laughs> lay low because yeah. I haven't, I haven't gotten, we don't have a ton of trees though. I mean, I think you're in the clear now though. Homecoming yeah. week is over. That's so. good. Well, there's always next year though. Yeah. But, and there's a lot of next years for us. So I'm going to have to, <laughs> That's true. we did, we did have a little bit of fun with it. We, um, the one night we knew they were coming, so when we saw a car coming down the road, we ran out and took our posts and <laughs> waited until they were in our yard, and then I let loose with the coyote howler. <laughs> That's awesome. Did, they, did you they scare went, them a little bit? Oh, yeah, they went running. And then the next day, I saw those kids at school, and they were like, that was the scariest call I've ever heard. <laughs> Coyotes are really creepy yeah, in real life. Especially when you're not expecting it. Yes. Well, that's a couple of years ago during opening or the opening day of rifle season, there were actual coyotes like right next to us. And that was creepy. Just sitting in a stand and listening to that. And obviously we knew we weren't getting any deer that day because deer weren't going to be anywhere near that. But it is a very creepy sound. So I can imagine, especially when you already got some adrenaline going because you're doing something you're not supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. That would uh, be a little scary. Yep. So, yeah, and speaking of that, we, I guess, fall keeps ticking along. We started nice. bow hunting this weekend. Did you? Uh, yep, the season started, so that wow. was exciting here. Yep. And uh, Did you had, see anything? Yeah, we saw a lot of deer. They were really moving last night. Nice. Mostly does and small bucks, but it was fun to get out there. Yeah. So. That's awesome. I know I got to get on that. I want to do a little bit of that this year. I'm not a big bow hunter, but I do like venison a lot. So yeah, <laughs> I, I probably should get on that a little bit. Last year was kind of like I had, you know, we were still in our first year here and trying to get yeah. settled. So I was like, ah, that's not going to work. But now I don't have a ton of excuses. I should probably just get it. Yeah. Get it done. Well, my favorite thing about it is just being out there. So yeah. I don't get too... Um, bothered if I don't get something but I will say that this is the emptiest our freezer has ever been and really I've been instructed to get a couple this year there so. you go there you go I know we got to eat we bought a half cow so we got to eat a few up before I get any deer so yeah. that's all right though because that's a that's a job I can handle is yeah. eating <laughs> eating really good meat so but yeah it's it's getting cooler the mornings are getting crisp and uh it's going to actually warm up again this week a little bit. So. I saw that. So try to enjoy it. Yeah. I guess it maybe we'll see if the lawn and grass and all that starts growing a little bit again. But yeah, we'll see. Absolutely. So what do you want to talk about? Well, we could talk about 
you know, we, we we're on our overcomer series. And um, I think the, the message we talked about this week is really probably going to be a big one for a lot of the people in our area. Yeah. But like I said on Sunday, I think it's huge for everybody is religious rules and how to overcome these these things. And I even hesitate to use the word religious because it doesn't even have to necessarily come from like a church. It can even be right. a cultural thing of like, you know, you're a good person if you wear these kinds of clothes and talk this way and do that. And even so if like you the, never went to church, you, you have these rules ingrained in you. Yeah. So like the, our own version of the truth that we manufacture in our head. Yeah. That's basically what it is. Yeah. Like it's almost like our standards. Like it's like a cultural standard. And a lot of, you know, for our area, it's going to be growing up, going to church and those kinds of very religious rules of good people do this and they don't do that. Um, but even if you didn't grow up going to church, you probably have had these these things ingrained in you. In well, I think way. there's like two sides to this whole thing, too. So there's like the external part of it, like the rules that we hold ourselves to um, for the sake of like the groups around us or society around us or whatever, or the, the rules that we hold the rest of society or the people in our groups to. Mm -hmm. So that's like the external side of it. But I also think that a lot of people deal with this internally mm -hmm. as well. And I will admit that I have my entire oh, yeah. life um, yep. growing up, um, uh, I've been a Christian my whole life, but growing up in a more traditional uh, faith, I kind of developed a lot of ideas that I don't even, I was actually thinking of that this morning. Like I never really had someone like teach me those things and like tell me yeah. that this is the way it is, but I sort of developed them on my own. So it's sort of this, and I think you hear people allude to this type of thing all the time, but like uh, I did something bad. So now I need to do two nice things or yeah. something like that. Or like viewing God as like being this statistician that's constantly analyzing sort of where we're at or how we're performing. And we have to like outweigh the bad with the good. Absolutely. Well, and a lot of them are unwritten. Like that's the thing is, these aren't written down. Nobody pulls you aside and says, here are the do's and don'ts. But I think even just from the time that we're kids, we realize that certain behaviors tend to impress other people and we get praise for them and other behaviors, you know, tend to make people disappointed in us. And so it's like, even if it's never spoken, most people can feel that. And you just start to, from a really young age, kind of just set up your whole life system based on these things tend to make me feel like I'm a good person. And these things tend to make me feel like I'm a bad person based on the culture and system that I'm in right now. And so I'll just kind of have this unspoken checklist in my head of, of things I need to do and things I can't do. Um, and like I said, on Sunday, some of them are really good. Some of them are very biblical of having boundaries in your life to say, Hey, I'm not going to go past this, this thing. But a lot of them are just like weird things that aren't really even in the Bible that are just things that were put on us for, for one reason or another, or things that we have just invented because you know, for us, they feel right or important, um, but they're not necessarily in line with 
God's rules. They're kind of just our own. I think it seems like a lot of them have come from years of people sort of witnessing how, like, seeing, I don't I don't know if I'm going to articulate this the way it's in my head. I'll do my best. But, like, sort of seeing how things play out and then piecing it together and concluding something. So, like, an example would be, like, I screwed up. Mm-hmm. I did this thing wrong. Yep. And now all these bad things happened. So God must be punishing me. Yep. So you can't take away the fact that the bad things are happening. You experience that. Like, yep. that's real. Yep. But... Are the bad things happening because God is punishing you, or are they happening as a consequence of the stupid thing you did? Right. And I mean, I'll there. I'm almost like ashamed to say it, but like that's something that I learned as a kid. I don't know where that came from, but like, and and even as an adult, sometimes that creeps its way back in. Like, I think I really ticked off God this time, and I'm sure He's furious with me and. And he's going to punish me for this. Yeah. And that's just not really the way he operates mm-hmm. uh, in scripture. I mean, we know that we can infuriate. Did I say that word right? Infuri- infuriate. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Inf- yeah. yeah. Infuriate him. Yep. Uh, yeah. That's in scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's not always going to just retaliate and fly off the handle on us but i think that's sometimes how we look so we're basically uh and you can correct anything i said that might be not the best explanation of that but um i've i believe people often misinterpret what they see happen as a result of their mistakes or their sin or whatever yeah i think that can be a huge part of it is you know i did this and it went really poorly so i one of my rules is I'll never do that again, which is not wise unless it is like, hey, that's a sin. And I can see in scripture where God has commanded not to do that. But there's going to be times in life where you, you, you do something and you try something and it doesn't go well. That doesn't mean it's a stupid thing to do. It means that didn't go well for you that time. And yeah. but it, if you if you're constantly like, well, then now I'm never gonna do that again. And you make it this unspoken rule for yourself. Well, then what if God wants you to do something that requires you to give that another try? But now you've put this rule in your life of like, nope, that's not something I do. That's a stupid thing to do, and I'm not gonna do it. Now you're you're being prevented from obeying yeah. God. I think the other thing that that causes some of these rules though is just we associate certain external things with certain kinds of people and so um i'll give it a simple one because it's personal to me is like i've got a lot of tattoos that's kind of one of those easy religious rules i wrote that down as Did you? one to bring up yeah because it's like the reason that i think for a lot of people that's a, a religious rule is that for a long time People who had tattoos were usually bad people. So you connect it. Bad people have tattoos. Therefore, if I want to be a good person, I can't get a tattoo. It makes sense in certain contexts. And even in the Bible, it's like, hey, don't make yourself look like you're you're sinning and, and don't give other people a reason to question where you're at. But in, in all reality, things, number one, do change. And I think that's where you've got to have the, the wherewithal to realize 
nowadays, if you if you see someone walking down the street with a tattoo, your first thought is not like that's probably a gang member, because everybody has them. So it's allowing yourself to let go of that because that association isn't really there anymore. But I think it's being honest to realize that's where a lot of these rules came from is the people that are bad or even if we're being honest, the people we don't like very much Mm -hmm. do this. Therefore it's immoral to do this. And that's like, I think we have to own that even some of it comes from stereotyping and and some other things where it's like, we don't want to be associated with those people. So the things that they do, we're going to basically have unwritten rules to say those are bad, immoral things. Even if in all reality, there's nothing really in the Bible to say that. It's just we want to distance ourselves from groups of people that we don't like or that are truly not good people. And we've seen that connection between that. I mean, I, you can even go back a little bit further to people who wear their hat backwards. That used to be a big thing mm-hmm. of like, man... If you wore your hat backwards, you were disrespectful. You got to learn manners and all. And nowadays, it's like nobody cares. What about, about people that. who wear their hat while they pray? Yeah, it doesn't bother me at all. But I think that's one of those where we're in the process of the turning because again, I think that that probably came from seeing certain people who didn't take their hat off when they prayed, and they probably were people that had some other things in their life that weren't great and Mm -hmm. so everyone starts to associate you know you don't want to be like that person so don't do anything that they do and one of the things is they don't take their their hats off again i don't see anything in the bible that would say that of of like god's like oh that person didn't take their hat off that's they're gonna get hit tomorrow with something you know what i mean yeah yeah i think if if you start like talking about all these things and like making a list of all these behaviors that, you know, if if you had a book called like things Christians do and, and you just start going through that list and you just like sit back and see it for what it is, it's all kind of weird stuff. Like when you put all that together, yep, because it, it's all kind of made up. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, if, if you go into scripture to look for where it came from, what you're going to find is a bunch of stuff that actually counters that. Yes. Well, and it's, it's funny. And this is why I wanted to make sure I said this on Sunday is like, we tend to think of certain church denominations of like, those are the religious ones. But you know, I grew up in the most Pentecostal church. I think I've still ever seen. And like, in order to be a member, you had to sign that you wouldn't uh, play cards. Because you know what that kind of people play bad, cards. Though. I mean, that's yeah. bad. <laughs> you know what happens when people play cards. And it, it's this weird association of people who play cards. Oh, those are gamblers. Gamblers are bad and immoral. So, like, you, we, we're going to just make this rule up. And so it's like, this isn't just a certain church denominations. This is all of us have this. But like you said, when you really look at it, you're like, where is this in the Bible? Mm-hmm. And you got to do some real gymnastics to be like, well, if you look at this verse and cross-reference it here, it kind of alludes and it's like, all right, if you got to do that, you probably shouldn't impose those So you and I don't have to go incognito next time we play Euchre? Yeah, no, I'm pretty open to it. I'm pretty <laughs> open to, to playing it. And there's some, I mean, again, I'm pretty open to having tattoos. I know there's people who even have feelings about that still. Yeah. But it's, it is one of those things where... Again, when I, as I look in the Bible, as I read it, and I mean, 
and honestly, all my tattoos are specifically about God and things like that. So I'm not too worried about, you know, even in the Old Testament, those tattoos were like to worship other idols and things like that. So this all part of this conversation can go back to the book of Galatians. I know I was texting you about this last week, but when Paul addressed the churches of Galatia and basically he said, am I doing this to please man or God? Yep. And he, there's a great example of how we're to live. And I actually even studied that with my kids last week who are in middle school and just said, you're at that age now where you're kind of pressured to be a certain way and, and to do certain things. And there's going to be times where you don't feel like you fit in or you don't feel cool or whatever. And this is a scripture worth keeping in your head because you can lean on it. That's one of the most important verses in my life. And then speaking of tattoos, that's one of my tattoos is Galatians 1.10. Yeah. And in the original language to just remember that because it is, it's huge. And, and I think the reason that this is such an important obstacle for us to overcome as Christians is it literally, the Bible is so clear. Like you're not going to be able to keep all of your religious rules and obey God at the same time. You cannot, you are going to have to pick one. And so I think that's just what's hard is we feel like, well, I can, I can keep all of my rules and still obey God. And it's like, nope, they, you can only serve one master. Yeah. And you, if, if you are even going to hesitate obeying God when he, when he tells you to do something that goes against these weird things that you've set up in your life. Uh, again, we, we just looked at the story of Peter. He would have missed out on being used in an amazing way. And then what would have happened to Cornelius and all of his, like there, there's, there's a lot at stake of yeah. if we're going to obey God or not. And this is one of those things that will definitely get in the way. It just will. And again, we've given some examples of like, you know, wearing your hat backwards and tattoos and things like that. And those are more of the outward things. But it is more of a spirit of just, this is how I've determined whether I think I'm a good or bad person by by this list. And if I can check these things off, then I'm a good person. And if I can make sure I don't do these things, I'm a bad, I'm, I, I can feel like I'm a good person. God is going to challenge those and he's going to call you to, to have to go through those things. And we well, got to be ready. Yeah. And Jesus said it himself that not everyone who calls him Lord um, is actually a Christian. Yeah. And, and I think um, that's maybe like the sober part of this conversation is we all need to be willing to s- sort of look at the parameters that we live by Mm -hmm. and ask ourselves, um, you know, am I just going to church on Sunday just because that's this rule that I've created for me to feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to. Absolutely. Well, and I think that that is one of those, if, if we, uh, I like your word sobering, I think even the, the church in America right now has to ask that question of, what are we set up for? Are we set up to truly tackle the Great Commission? Or are we set up to be this convenient thing for people to check off their list to feel like they're good people? And that's, I mean, every church is going to have to ask that 
for itself. Mm -hmm. But I think that's one of the things that, that we've just kind of realized is like some churches have been set up if they're being honest to be that like, Hey, just come here once a week. You can feel like you're a good person. Don't worry about doing anything other than that. And it's like, that's not, you can't really say you're set up to walk out the great commission. If that's really what you're, you're doing. And, and not that anyone even purposefully is doing it. I think a lot of these things are below the surface. You don't even really realize it. And that's what we see that Jesus constantly pushes. He forces people to deal with it. I think one of the most powerful stories, and I kind of wish that I would have given this yesterday, but I didn't have a lot of time was just when Jesus brought the, the man with the, the hand that I don't really know what even call it was kind of shriveled up and just flat out called the Pharisees out on the Sabbath. Do you want me to heal this person or not? To just be like, do you want the right thing to happen? Or do you want to be able to hold on to your rules? Like it's up to you. And they couldn't do it. Even though it was like, how do you look at somebody? And like, I'm going to get emotional because it's Jesus got so frustrated with them after this. How do you look at someone who's had to live their life like that Mm -hmm. and have every option to give them that gift and just have that heart of a heart to be like, nope, it goes against our rules. And that you almost see that that's that moment where Jesus just flips on the Pharisees. I think before that he was trying, like he was trying to get them to see, get them to understand. And then it was like, when he saw how hard they're like that they could do that. It's like, all right, I, I, you know, there, there really isn't, anything left to try to speak into you if your hearts are that hard. It makes me think of where we've come politically as well. And I'm not going to take this into a political conversation, Mm -hmm. but uh, we've come to a point of like everyone starts out with like their own convictions, which is fine. That's the way it's supposed to be. You start out with your own convictions and then you believe in it and, and you try to, um, you know, take that forward. And, but it's gotten to a point where all people are doing is defending it at the expense of anyone else who doesn't believe in it. Yes. And so you have people who have completely different, that they're just getting further and further apart and not doing anything to try to reach to the other side. It's just, and and I mean that's unfortunately even worked its way into the church as well, um, but Absolutely. it has to just to go back to use your story. It has to grieve Jesus. Absolutely, that we're acting like that. Well, and I think the question that he wanted to, that he was asking the Pharisees, and I think that we always have to ask ourselves, especially in the political climate, and knowing like we're right on the precipice of of this next you know, election cycle. And so this is going to ramp up real Mm -hmm. soon is, do you want to be right? Or do you want the right thing to happen? Like that's ultimately what he was asking the Pharisees. Do you want to be right? Or do you want the right thing to happen? And the Pharisees were flat out like, no, we want to be right. We, we could care less about that guy. Our rules are way more important than, than that guy. And I think we fall into that same thing when we get into our little corners and it's like I would rather my side be right than for the right thing to happen 
And I think that's just what's hard. And like you said, it's, it's worked its way into our political system, into our churches, into our friendships of just trying to protect our side mm-hmm. versus, and you see God, I mean, he, he challenged all the way back to the old Testament where he's like, you know, the people are like, why aren't you listening to us? Why aren't you hearing us? We're following all these rules. And God's like, Hey, how about you actually care about each other? How about you actually defend people? And when wrong is done to them, you actually stand up and make sure it's made right. I don't care that you do the sacrifices. You, you're not, you're not making sure the right things are happening in your midst. Injustice is happening all around you and you could care less, but you're like, Hey, we walked these many steps today. So you should bless us. And God's like, no, I'm not worried about you following all the rules. Like, make sure the right things are happening around you and actually care. And I think that that's what is so dangerous about religious rules is it gives you the freedom to not care if like the things around you are just wrong. When you can clearly see like, this is wrong. Like this isn't the right thing that should be happening, but it gives you that freedom to go, well, but you know, this checks out with all my rules. So I guess whatever. And that's where I think God grieves. Cause he's like, I, you got to care if the right thing is happening. You, we all have eyes. We can see when something's wrong, when there's injustice. And the problem with our religious rules is it gives us that freedom to not care. And that's a dangerous thing to have. Well, we're seeking freedom, but we end up being bound by those very rules that we're creating, which yep. is sort of the irony of it all. Like We, we spend a lot of time creating them um, to try to you know, comfort ourselves or whatever it is, make ourselves feel better about it. Um, and that's why even going back to like the more internal ones of like, I, I ticked off God. I, I have to be on the lookout now cause he's going to be punishing me. But if I do these things, yeah. then I can counter that. And right. so like the goal is to try to like ease our pain. Yes. Um, but the irony of it is, is we, we handcuff ourselves and then we end up miserable because we're just constantly chasing our tails and, and you never can really accomplish what the whole system that you just spent your whole life building yep. to achieve. You, it's not even possible to accomplish it. Absolutely. Well, and, and kind of what we talked about on Sunday is even just this idea that we, we lie to ourselves and say, well, these rules are, are to make God happy. But in reality, they're not. They're to impress other people like, for the most part. And I think part of the reason is, is because, and it goes back to what you said in Galatians, is the approval of people means more to us than the approval of God. Like that's really what we want. And, and we want God's approval too, but we want both. And if we have to pick one, I think if we're honest, we tend to lean towards the approval of people because there's that verbal, like, I can see it. I can hear it. It feels good that they're telling me I'm okay. But I I honestly believe that true freedom, and you use that word, true freedom is fearing God so much that he's the only one you're worried about pleasing. Because that's, and we talked about before we started recording how, you know, even for me, it's like, I, I love having less things to do and being able to do them really well. It's like, man, I, if I only have to get God's approval and I can just go all in on that and I don't have to try to make everybody else happy. It's like, 
then I don't need those rules because then it's just like, God, just tell me what to do Mm -hmm. and I'm going to do it. And that's freedom. Now, now you're free to do that. But so many of us are trying to play this game where we're trying to play both sides. And let me set up rules that look like, well, this will make God happy, but really are based off of what other people like. And we're trying to make this system that everyone's impressed with us and we get everyone's approval. And it's like, doesn't work yeah so then that sort of brings us to the state that the church is in yeah right now yeah there's i don't know i mean a lot of confusion Mm -hmm. and yeah just i don't know i don't know what i'm even trying to articulate there but i i think um if you read the gospel, it's supposed to liberate us from all of that. And so I have to believe that part of the problem or at the root of the problem is the gospel isn't being taught or sought out or people aren't in the word. I think part of the problem is, and this is something that God's just been dealing with me on, is I th- I just think that especially in America we're just way too focused on the results and the outcomes and if you look at the New Testament church if you look at how this whole thing started like the privilege and the excitement was being used like there was joy in preaching the gospel and it wasn't like hey the joy is in that we this many people were converted and this much money was given to our ministry that the privilege was in we get to obey and we get to be a part of this and i think that that's that's part of the process that causes a lot of pain and just even for me i know a lot of people in ministry and man there's a there's a lot of hurt and frustration all across the board and just uh, depression and disappointment and all of these things and so much of it is because we're we're, we're looking to the outcome to like yeah. get all of ours where again if you just look at even all the way back to the apostles you know when when they were first preaching the gospel after Jesus was ascended and the religious leaders were like you have to stop preaching or or we're going to kill you and they were just like we don't care like we are so excited to please God with what we're doing that like we we can't care about what you said and like that's the thing is like if if we're trying to deal with our desire to please people the goal is not to care less about what people think the goal is to care more about what god thinks and because that's what the apostles basically said it's not we don't care what you think it's we care so much about what god thinks we just we can't disobey and they were even like do you think are you asking us to disobey god we can't when he tells us to speak we have to speak and i think even just a lot of that confusion is you know we think that the blessing is in the results is in the outcome and if you look most of the apostles were killed. It, the blessing was in, I get to hear the voice of God and obey and be a part of what he's doing. And I think that that's part of where, where some of the confusion comes, especially just even in church circles, is we feel like, you know, if we listen and obey, then outcomes are going to look just like this. And I think that that's, that's, a, that's a bad thing to, yeah. to, to be married to. I think to to truly be like, hey, we get to be a part of something 
and we're going to listen to the voice of God and we're going to obey it. And that is the privilege. That's the exciting part. Not what's going to happen afterwards, but that we get to obey because that's the best place to be is I heard God, I obeyed God. Like there's nothing better than that. The outcomes are just extra. So for anyone listening who's like, what are these guys talking <laughs> about? Like, it, and then asking like, is this me? I don't know. I don't, do I struggle with this or not? Well, um, maybe the first thing that we could say um, is that Peter struggled with this. Yes. And so this isn't anything new, and even the people closest to Jesus struggled with it. Yep. So it's largely human nature yep. for us to want to do this. Yes. Um, the second thing I'll say is we all struggle with this to some extent. Whether you want to admit it or not, whether you see it or not, we, we all do. Um, some people on a larger scale than others. Some people, it's very subtle. Mm-hmm. Um I would say don't fret over figuring out where you struggle with this or what exactly it is. Like it's not even really a big necessarily a big deal for you to like figure that out or figure out all the answers, but I what I would say is the important thing is to understand how it can happen and how it can be avoided. Yeah. And and I it's going to kind of take me back to where I always end up. And this is a huge reason to just build a, a habit of being in the word. Yep. Because it is, if you're truly in the word and you're seeking it wholeheartedly every day, it's really hard to be led astray. Absolutely. And I think it's like you said, the goal is not to be like, well, how do I know all of my religious rules? The goal is to like, Hear the voice of God. Like you said, one of the biggest ways is through reading the word, but also through spending time in his presence and actually, you know, worshiping and, and like being like there and, and hearing what he is to say, opening your heart to him. And it's like once he speaks, just before he speaks even, make a commitment of like, I'm going to obey what he says. And that's going to that's going to show where your religious rules are. Like you are going to basically come up against them as God is asking you to obey. And you're going to see that there's certain things that you've established in your life that are like, no, you can't do that. And so you don't, it's, it's not about like, let me sit down and figure out all my religious rules. It's like, no, let me, let me do what I know I need to do to hear the voice of God let me be committed to, I'm going to obey it. And then what, whatever I come up against, I, I'm going to deal with it as, as it comes up. Um, and I think if you're committed to that, you're going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, what else do you want to cover today? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think I just want to encourage people of, you know, we've, we've, talked about this a lot in the past but it's actually been a while of just how it seems like everyone is dealing with just feeling stuck and you know overwhelmed and stressed out and super busy and we hit on that a lot but it's it's been a little while and I think this is one of those things to realize is that some of your busyness is probably coming from like real things that you need to do 
but a lot of your busyness is probably coming from you still trying to meet all of these rules that you've invented for yourself. And some of them are good, but there's probably some that are just taking a ton of your time and energy and God has never even asked you to do them. And that might be one way to free up some time for yourself is what rules are you keeping that God never asked you to keep? And how much more time and energy would you have if you let those things go? Well, and I, I think maybe a good way to wrap this up too is to just go back to Peter. And I, the one thing I made note of is Peter's goal wasn't to disobey God, and none of us have that goal either. Anyone who's listening to this is listening because they're trying to um, either critique you and I <laughs> or, yeah. or grow in their faith. Um, so Peter didn't want to disobey God, and he probably didn't think he was either. Right. Um, and that's kind of how we are. We're often deeply uh, convicted or deeply convinced that some of these things that we believe or have in place are right mm-hmm. or good. Yep. And so, but again, kind of going back to what I was saying earlier, like, this message isn't to make people fret over like what what is it like and add even more stress but i think probably a really good thing to do is just ask god to point those things out to you yeah show me where it is that i'm putting shackles on myself yes and and making this harder than it needs to be because the last thing i want is to try to live this life with more weight on my shoulders than i really need and so begin every day by asking god just show me what it is yeah absolutely well and i think it's also just realizing like one of the most powerful sermons i've ever heard was given at my ordination ceremony and i remember the the pastor said and i might have even shared this on here before is like he's you know he's giving a message to a bunch of pastors which is an intimidating thing to do and he kind of joked around about that but he was just like your ministry started with you hearing the voice of God and you obeying it. And he was like, and that's all it will ever be. It will never be anything other than that. And he is 100% true. You know, I'm a lead pastor now and I've gone through pretty much every, I was a children's leader. I was a youth pastor. I was a worship leader. Now I was the tech guy. I've, I've been through every possible way of being used. I've been in ministry. I've taken a break from ministry. It has always been the same thing. It will never be. And those of you who are listening, you, you your ministry looks exactly the same as mine in that context of all any of us are doing is hearing God and obeying. That's all ministry is. And so if you're willing to do that, he's going to bring you up against all of these these rules and your, your backup plan. And you're going to be constantly up against, God's going to call you like, hey, come here and follow me. And you're going to realize there's something you're holding on to that can't go there with you. And you have these constant choices of, am I going to let this go? Or am I going to not listen and go where God's calling me to be? And it is just this constant. And I, I've already come to terms with, I'm probably going to do that for the rest of my life of just, he keeps calling you further in and further in. And you, you find more things that are like, oh, I can't, this won't fit. Yeah. This won't fit where he's calling me. Am I going to let this go? Or does this mean too much to me? 
And I think just having that commitment to be like where, where he calls me, as he calls me further in, whatever I've got to let go of in order to get where his voice is coming from, I'm going to let it go. Because if you, if you have that, your religious rules aren't going to be a problem because you're going to let them go as God calls you, just like Peter did. Yeah. And I've had the thought even through this recording, like I'm not as sharp today for some reason. I'm kind of struggling to find words and struggling to keep my thoughts on track. And I could easily, you know, we could finish this recording and I could just think like, I I bombed this one today, but that's not how it works. That's not how God works. Like we're here out of obedience. We're not here to be awesome at this. And that's kind of what it is for all of us. Anyone listening, like God's goal for us is to not be awesome at life. Absolutely. And we're going to screw up. And we're going to make mistakes and we're going to have some victories and we're going to have some losses. And I, I would say that that's the one just what I feel compelled to tell people is the one rule that I think everyone needs to try to do away with, including myself, is just putting expectations on ourselves that we believe are from God. Yep. Absolutely. That aren't at all. Well, and I think you need. Well, I was talking about not being sharp. I was about to say you knit the hail on the head. So uh, I'm just going to go with that. But if you look at Jesus, I mean, you want to talk about someone who's legitimately awesome and has every right to be like, what I do is based on how awesome I am. He literally said, I do what the Father tells me to do. Mm -hmm. That's literally, he's like, this is the reason why I'm changing the world is not because I'm awesome. It's because I do what the Father tells me to do. If that's how Jesus approached life of like, I just do what the Father tells me to do. And that's how I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Then we definitely need to be doing that too. Because again, we are not anywhere close to as awesome as Jesus is. And if that's how he approached it, of like, I just do what the Father says. That's that's why I'm here. That's what I'm doing. Then that needs to be how we approach life. Right. And I think if, if we all truly said, my version of being successful is doing what the Father tells me, I think that we would have a lot more joy in our life. That might be a good place to end. I think so. I'm wondering if, uh, since I'm not sharp today, if maybe you want to pray today. Well, as I just said, I'm not the sharpest either, but (laughs) hey, we're obeying. But yes, I will absolutely pray. Lord, I just thank you that we can just listen and obey. And God, I pray that for anybody listening, that that's their desire. That God, they, they're willing to do what what they know they need to do to hear you. And that's reading their Bible. That's spending time in your presence, praying and worshiping. Um, that we know that, that if we do those things, we're going to hear your voice. And God, I pray that we can just have that commitment, that we can have that um confidence that when we hear we are going to obey and lord if we need to let go of things in our life to be able to obey then we need to do that and so lord i just pray right now in the name of jesus that that's what we look at that there's no religious rules that are going to keep us from obeying what you ask of us and we pray this in your name amen amen